guys, here we are back out of episode 171 of the Brew Chat Podcast. But before we get into that, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits, located right on Manufacturers Road. They will, uh, you can call them ahead. They'll have your order ready. They'll bring it right out to your car for you. So you still don't have to go inside if you don't want to. But if you do want to go inside, throw your mask on, get on inside there. And then also go check out Merchants on Main. I have some photography down there and there's lots of other great gift ideas. Like there's uh, some antiques, there's some vinyl, there's other artwork down there, painting, photography, sculpture. There's a lot of really neat clay pottery. I don't know who it's from, but there's some really neat like custom coffee mugs and things like that. And then uh, speaking of Merchants on Main, just try to shop local this year, guys. Christmas is coming up. Uh, Try to shop local. I know it's super easy. It's super easy to fill that Amazon cart and just hit order all and call it a done deal. And I know Cyber Monday is going on and all that good stuff. But yeah, lots of local places in this pandemic have had to crank up Etsy Etsy shops or Etsy stores and uh, anything like that. So yeah, look them up online. If they're local in your town, just call them or you can probably call them even if they're across America. I know I've found some like weird shops in Portland that I've ordered stuff from via Instagram and things like that. So yeah, just try to shop local. It really goes a long way and this has been a weird year. So help local business. But we've got Natasha and Ethan, two long time regulars of the show. Welcome guys. You guys have moved to New York since the oh, pandemic. Gonna talk about that. Um, Captain, yes. we've lost 27 diets on ciliary detection. Not serious, we have the fourth tide to fall back on. Proceed. Yes sir. Because you were on the show a little bit ago. I got a cop to this. You were on the show a little bit ago, but I fucked up my recording setup and uh, I had a really bad echo on you guys. So I never actually released the episode. So, but yeah, how's, how's New York been treating you guys? Good. It's good. You guys got snow before we did, which is a little upsetting. It didn't do shit. New York is good. It feels the same as I'm thinking about COVID now. Sorry, because we were talking about that before. Oh, yeah. I mean, the city's, it's definitely not as alive as it was, but it's not dead by any means whatsoever. Yeah. No. Was it Jerry Seinfeld? He said it was dead. No, Jerry Seinfeld said that that was a stupid thing to say. Oh, yeah. Who was it that said it was dead? Some like hack guy who like did comedy part time, but like a billionaire New York guy. <laughs> he was a club owner. That wasn't a good. The, okay, he was a club owner. He ran a big club in New York. And this happened. He went to Florida, wrote that article that New York is dead, and then Jerry Seinfeld wrote a rebuttal saying, "You're an idiot. You're also not in New York. You're writing this from Florida. You, which is fine that he went to Florida to feel safe, but he left." Right at the beginning. So it's like, you didn't even see what happened to New York. You just left. And then I'm taking Jerry Seinfeld's side. And then you said, New York's dead. It will never come back. It's like, New York has been through a lot of things, like the Great Depression. And, it, and it's it's come back. 
Yeah. I, 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 you know what I think it is? I think it's narcissistic and vain to say something like, our world has never been through something like this before. It's like, of course it has. Just because it's happening to you doesn't make it any worse than mm-hmm. like the Spanish flu or the Great Depression or World War II. Or we always come back. Even mm-hmm. if we're changed a bit, we come back for the better. We learn. We come back. To say New York is dead is so silly. Yeah. It's just silly. Everything comes back. Is this like cutting off dialogue to you guys? Is it cutting off the audio back and forth? To you guys? Shoot, it did it just when you asked that. Okay. Uh, and I guess for anyone listening, this is some neat instructional content here. Uh, if you open your settings and go to voice and video settings, there's a thing in there that says automatically determine input sensitivity. Uncheck that. Yeah, well, you guys are setting that up. I'm I just opened from Maine Beer Company. Maine always has good beers. Uh from Freeport, Maine. This Maine Beer Company's Woods and Waters IPA. Uh we brewed this special IPA to commemorate the establishment of the Cot Cotadine Woods and Waters National Monument. We incorporated Maine grown barley and wheat along with generous amounts of hops with notes of aromas of pine and citrus, reminiscent of the outdoors. Cheers to Mother Nature and all she provides. It's a nice uh, hay-colored IPA. Pretty light. Nice. Pretty, uh, pretty earthy in its taste. There we go. Sorry about that. All no, right. you're fine. Yeah, it's actually way better now. Yeah, do you leave that in? No, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll cut most of that out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, great podcasting. Yeah, I'll cut most of that out. But yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, New, New York. Jerry Seinfeld got really mad about that. He was like, you know, I'm a native New Yorker and... It will never be dead. Yeah. No, everything rises from the ashes. And it's like, things will be different yeah. forever. Like, things won't be the same, but things, in some cases, we, uh, I guess it was the last podcast we did. We did one, and I'll go ahead and ask you guys this, is, uh, you know, as shitty of a year this is, is what's a positive that's come from it of you? I mean, clearly you moved to New York. That's something you guys wanted to do for a while. Yeah. And whatever balls went up in the air came down and opted and you guys moving to New York. So that's a positive. Um, yeah, it's a weird year. And it's one of those things where it's like there's a clear divergence of like there's a path where Rona didn't happen. And this is the timeline where Rona did happen and things are vastly different. Yeah. You want to hear if you got time. Yeah. My, my non-Corona timeline far worse than this one you think so i think trump would have gotten elected again on the non-rona timeline Ooh, i mean that's a yeah that's a good point yeah but i i know people don't want to hear this but i had a really good year <laughs> in the in the non-rona timeline or the rona timeline the rona timeline yeah i've never had more than 1200 dollars in my bank account in my life <laughs> and then the unemployment came in and I was, I quadrupled my net worth. 
You know what I mean? So I've never had more money in my life. I got to sit around all day, every single day, and watch NBA basketball in the bubble, which is like from <laughs> from 1 o'clock till 2 in the morning, NBA basketball. And I'm getting paid to do this. I'm like, I've this is like, I've died and gone to heaven. And so I did that for months. And then I'm like, hey, I should probably do something. Boom, let's take this money and go live my lifelong dream and move to New York. So <laughs> I I know it's been rough for a lot of people. Not for your boy. No, I've over, was- I've overall had a pretty good year as well. It's like, but it's like, was the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like you say that it was pretty good, but has the juice been worth the squeeze? I've had some good things. I'd say overall, yeah, probably. Still sucks that we're still squeezing for that juice. I think this is the only reason why that we moved to New York and we're stand-up comedians and there are millions of stand-up comedians in New York, yet because not all of them want to do even outdoor shows, right? Which, uh, don't look down on that at all. I think anyone's allowed to do what they want to do to feel safe. But that is the only reason why us as two newcomers, knowing nobody, moved to New York, immediately got booked on shows, immediately got our own open mic, then got our own showcase. Now we have another afternoon outdoor patio show. That, where some people I think are kind of, pissed like who are these people like they just moved here and they're running shows and they're they're booked on all these shows and i think it helped having less competition just to be seen you know i've been doing it for six years ethan for three like i think we have the talent but in in new york where it's so competitive it's just being seen yeah and i think because of covid we got to be seen way earlier than we would have and now we're already in two months. We're already doing a lot of what we came here to do. No, I think we, that's great. You guys struck while the iron's hot. Like it's like the California gold rush in the 1800s. Like, yeah, it was a gamble, but yeah. got to risk it for that biscuit. I don't have time to fuck around. I moved to a big city when, you know, they say pursue art in a big city when you're young, I'm fucking 30. Like I've got mm-hmm. a fucking wheel right now. I have to work all the time as hard as I can in a safe way. And I know people think even outdoor shows aren't safe, but I, I don't what I'm not going to live my life and miss these opportunities. And then what I'm 40 and it's like, well, that pandemic really fucked me over. Now all my dreams are gone. And then I'm just going to fucking die without ever accomplishing. Like, what's the point? Yeah. I feel like being physically safe is just as important as being mentally healthy. Oh, that's all. That's yeah, my big like, thing between like through all this is like figuring out the balance of like mentally, which we were talking a little bit before the, before recording here is, you know, and I've mentioned it on the show for the past couple of weeks, just to give people a heads up that we're going to be moving more to virtual for the foreseeable future. Yeah. You got to do what's mentally right for you. And that's why I've not locked down a hundred percent. Like I, ba- I did back in March Cause that about destroyed me back then. Like I didn't know what to do with myself, but that was also all of it was new. And where this is like, I'm just basically not going to eat or going to go. I'm not going to go have my couple beers at barley at the end of the bar. And yeah, I'll get to go food, but yeah, that's why I've kind of gone to that. It's like, and I think we all, especially, I mean, we locked down too. It's like, we all adapted like, okay, we're on a lockdown, we're staying in. And then it's like, all right, you can see some people, but only maybe four to six at a time, you know, mm. or eight to 10. I feel like the rule changed. 
but I feel like we six. Adapt to that's that. my and line. I, six, yeah. Yeah. And I do think there is no, I didn't even get to see my sister on her sixteenth birthday. I didn't see my family all year, you know, because she's immunocompromised and it's like I understand that. And now I think at phase two when it's maybe more contagious but less lethal. We can find ways to adapt some more by still being able to get some taste of a normal life where we're mentally healthy, but changing how we do it to be safe without going back to I'm in a hole again and I can't see anyone and I'm going to just be holed up in my apartment, drinking myself to death. I mean, divorce rates, depression rates went so up. I mean, I think there's a way to evolve Mm -hmm. to be able to have some normalcy while being safe. Well, and that's the thing nobody talks about is uh, like, yeah, we've got COVID deaths, but what what's the suicide numbers right now? What's affecting the most people, businesses that are getting shut down and people losing their livelihood. I mean, it's a, it could be argued, you know what I mean? Like that it's the, the devastation of shutting cities down. I mean, it's not a ridiculous conversation to bring that with like the sickness and how it affects people too. Yeah. And I think some people take it. Oh, you're just trying to keep the bars open so you can drink. It's like, but you're also thinking of a bar owner who may have children. And so they lose their bar, then they go bankrupt, then they lose their home. And now they Mm -hmm. have to feed their kids. Like that's what they worked to support themselves or a family or whoever they need to support, you know, to pay for their parents to go in a nursing home. And you you don't know. And so all these people going bankrupt with their businesses is also really fucking people up like for maybe till the end of their life. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad. I should... Well, and it's like, I don't, we can't shut down again without some sort of government assistance. Like a new stimulus. We need a new PPE uh, stimulus for businesses. We need uh, to get the unemployment shit sorted out. We can't have another shutdown without that. We won't survive it. Businesses won't survive it. And portions of this country won't survive it. Like large portions of the economy towns you know and what scares me is i think another shutdown's coming but i'm scared that it's not going to be a mandated shutdown that's what fucking scares me is it's like and by it not being a mandated shutdown that means it's a situation where we're like yeah i have chosen to not go anywhere in weeks it's too risky there's too many sick people everywhere Walmart had to close because it doesn't have employees that can work, you know, that sort of thing. And that's not a good situation to be in. That's where you start getting into a dystopia, but that's what they were warning about. That's what they were warning about back in the spring. What was that? Walmart's lost all their greeters. And that was the foundation of that place. Dude, I have noticed there are still greeters in Walmart, but they're, uh, they're a little younger on the years. (laughs) Maybe not as susceptible to COVID-19. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did notice that. (laughs) Dude, the Walmart here. In a bubble, just after, like, hey. Dude, they (laughs) should just put them in one of those, like, tree stands they have in the back. (laughs) Like, they scream from the top, wait. Have you seen the made-for-TV movie Boy in the Plastic Bubble starring John Travolta? Oh, yeah, he was the OG Bubble Boy, and then Jake Gyllenhaal redid it. That's what we need. We all just need bubbles that we walk around. He kind of, you know, if that movie is so rich, she's like, 
put your lips against the plastic and they like kiss through his bubble. Guys, you gotta check it out. He's on, he's on back while I bring this up and ease right on into a perfect segue here. But um, I'm very surprised at the lack of like, I didn't really do anything on Halloween, but just looking at Halloween on Instagram and people in their costumes, I'm very surprised I didn't see a bubble boy costume this year. And uh, speaking of Halloween, get that uh, segue boner ready. Is how was you guys Halloween in New York? What'd you guys do? It was good. We you we're know, not we allowed to do that anymore. I don't think even. What's wrong with this? I don't know. I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore. Um, that's a Proud Boys white supremacist thing. No way. Yeah, that's like how they like. That's, lo- how, I- that's how they low key like. I don't like it because I'm big. Like, dude, that shit was good. You know, I don't think. Yeah. For those listening, we're doing like the okay symbol. But yeah. Wait, is okay with your thumb over your um, index finger different than you guys were touching your fingertips together? Oh, I don't even. I don't even pay attention to it. It's just kind of wherever my hands go. When you mimicked Ethan, you touched your fingertips, but then when you did okay, you put your thumb over. I don't even pay attention to to that when I do it. It is very different, but I don't even pay attention to it when I do it. It's just like, oh, okay. That steak. Well, this also means that steak and that beer Japan, was okay. Japan, the okay sign means I am looking for a prostitute. Because my uncle went to Japan and he said he did okay to someone because there was a language barrier. He doesn't speak <laughs> Japanese. Ah. And then, like, somehow it turned into them getting prostitute bringing prostitutes up and he was like no 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 and then later learned like that means okay find me a a woman yeah evidently (laughs) it's a white supremacist thing now but anyway digressing i can't take that from us that's what i said and then i kept doing it and then i I felt bad let's take the thumbs up and make it mean racist everybody (laughs) looks like they're in our group yeah it's like you can't just claim stuff like that you can't take the okay symbol and be like, now this is I don't like supremacy. it. I don't like it. This is something that I was made privy to maybe back in like July and I was still like, nah, okay, you know? And then it just kept going and I think I think the white supremacist won that one. I don't think so. Because the NBA has something to say about it. <laughs> that's a three-pointer right there. Mellow well, that's different. That's different. Putting it to your temple, that's different. Yeah. Have you seen the one where they pulled the arrow out with it? I've not seen that one. I'm. Yeah. So it has to be like below. It has to be at a certain po- point on the body. I don't know. I've just seen uh, pictures where they just kind of do it, like how somebody, how like Asian girls do the peace sign, in all of their photos. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of white dudes that do the OK symbol. And if you're into conspiracies, okay, a lot of people will be like, "That's why Trump." holds his hands the way that he does. But I don't oh know. I don't God. know about that, but I don't think he's smart enough to be that obvious. No. Let's take our okay and let's make it into an L on the forehead. And then over time, white supremacists will be like, we have to take that sign. And then we'll be like, jokes on you. You guys are all walking around like losers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If we're just like, Oh, fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, anyway, what were you guys saying before we got on that digression there? Uh, I had a, I performed on a rooftop show in Brooklyn, and so we did that, and then we ended up. Oh come on, you're jumping so many parts. I'm so, so anyway, sorry. Well, I was gonna say the basis, and then you tell the details. Uh, have you seen the movie Lars and the Real Girl? Yeah. Indie film with Ryan. Yeah, yeah, good movie. So we did Lars and the Real Girl. So she dressed up like a doll, like a sex doll. The movie's about a guy. You yeah, you have to tell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that's not. Ryan Gosling, I won't spoil it. He orders a sex doll to be his girlfriend, right? You know. So I was the doll, but she's in normal clothes. She's in like a very innocent pink sweater and a pink peacoat and a little hat. And he wheels her around a wheelchair throughout town. Like, this is my girlfriend. Which explains the the wheelchair wheelchair from earlier. Yes. We got for 40 bucks at the thrift shop a block from our uh, apartment. As soon as we moved in, so I was just like, I, j- I don't have an office chair. I'll just use this wheelchair as my office chair until Halloween. And now yeah. it's just and the now office chair. And now it's permanently an office chair. There you All go. Right. Okay. And so anyway, just the night, <laughs> her sister and my brother, who are dating, came to New York with my friend Patrick, who is John, a great John Wick. Yeah. And her sister and my brother were... Gracie Law and Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. So we were decked out. And the worst part was just I had to take Natasha's char, uh, wheelchair and I had to put it in like five Ubers by the end of the night. And those Uber drivers wanted me to die. And it does not fold up. This wheelchair, it's probably why I was 40 bucks. It does not fold it, up. What we're kind of wheelchair fold. doesn't fold? Yeah, it, we're talking about. It, it folds in, but it's still a nuisance. It doesn't fold in like it should, though. It's still, we had to like hold it over two of our laps. And we're using it fo- it, it folds in enough for you to know why it was at the thrift store. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're using it to hold all of our booze. So there's like two bottles of whiskey in the back, some beers. And it's just these guys pull up and they're like, why didn't you order a handicapped car? And then Natasha just like gets up out of the chair and we're just like, <laughs> open up the trunk. <laughs> this is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, just, they would like sit there like, like, Two or three of them were like, no. And then I, I had to like put the charm on. Come on, man. See, yeah. at that point, though, I think you're a better human for not ordering a handicapped car. And they're the asshole because if you had ordered a handicapped car, it's taking a handicapped car away from someone that actually fucking needs it. So yes. they're the fucking dickweeds in this situation. And uh, so she performed on a rooftop. So we had to, t- <laughs> me and my buddy Patrick, who was a great John Wick, were just dragging this wheelchair up so many flights of stairs. It was all these, like, all these flights of stairs up, then a fire escape staircase to the roof. So you go up normal stairs, normal stairs, and then you hit the fire escape where even if I have my bag on my shoulder, I have to turn. Like, it, me and the bag don't even fit up. And they're carrying this wheelchair all the way up just for me to sit in it. For five minutes, go perform, stand up, do my bit, and then we leave. <laughs> but we couldn't leave it downstairs because someone would take it. It's for the bit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, that le- it's like it was such a like a frustrating, stressful night. But it's like we wake up the next day, like what were we doing? Like we were the drunkest people, but trying to be <laughs> so safe with the chair. I moved the chair from his office space to the kitchen to bring it out. That in itself took me 15 minutes because I have to lift it over all our furniture and it was so heavy. 
And I was like, Ethan, it took me so long to move this across a room. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this all night for Halloween. He was like, no, we got to do it. It's We got the costume for the bit. So we took it everywhere. I yeah, wish you I guys could find the previous owner of that wheelchair just to find out like why he got rid of it. And if he has yeah. all of the same complaints. <laughs> yeah, it didn't fold right. Me. It was too fucking heavy. And <laughs> do guys in wheelchairs just have to be wheelchair characters? Like Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> Which that reminds uh, me, I filmed a video today uh, about 2020 and like all the shit that's happened. And it was interesting to go down a list of like the shit that's happened. Cause every year with brew chat, I try to do like a, like a year recap video of like the best beers I liked and stuff like that. There's not a lot of stuff that's happened this year on our end, like content wise, maybe may, you know, just the podcast, but uh, usually we've got videos and things like that. So going down a list of like all the shit that's happened this year. And I went through like a death list and I forgot to list uh, who is it? Rip Torn played Patches O'Houlihan. He died this year as well. Wait, Rip Torn died this year? Uh, he is already in. Oh. He's already in Larry's. Yeah, he's such a great actor. Let me let me double check this here. But what other famous wheelchair characters are while he's looking that up? Um, There's Lieutenant yeah. Dan, Patches O'Houlihan. Rip Torn did play Patches O'Houlihan. No, he died last he get, year. He, okay, I didn't forget Rip Torn. He died last year. That makes me feel a little better. Did he but, get crushed by a giant uh, drunken Irish sign? That was a question on a trivia thing I was watching on YouTube the other night, actually. But, um, yeah, it was weird, though, to go down a list of, like, all the shit that's happened this year because I'd forgotten about some of it because it seems like five years have happened in this one year. And... uh you know, little things like African dust clouds, murder hornets. Um, I don't know. Australia being on fire. Yeah, Australia yeah. fires. The entire West Coast was on fire. It's like almost like in my memory, you had like quarantine days. You had like early 2020 quarantine days. Then you had like post George Floyd days. And now we're just into like fall winter. It's strange. Yeah. Back the virus is taking like center stage again, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The virus is definitely taking center stage. And people down here don't give two flying fucks about it. And it's sad and depressing. Wish they did give some fucks about it. But what worries me about it, about this virus, is like at least people down here. It, okay. First of all, it was the busiest day in TSA history. Or the busiest weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, was the busiest day in TSA. Not the busiest day this year, the busiest day in TSA history. What? People don't give a fuck about this virus. And what really worries me is you got Christmas coming up, and then you got New Year's coming up, and people get in their head like, oh my God, this year sucked. 2021 is going to be awesome. January 2021, it says it's a new year, new day. You know, they have that attitude about it. And it's not. It's just a fucking measurement of time. In TSA history, that there was more people flying than any other day in American history? Uh, the weekend. I, I, that's insane. I find that hard yeah. to believe. 
Yeah, is the weekend, not just one day, the entire weekend. I don't know if that weekend starts on like Thursday or not either, but they said it was the busiest weekend in TSA history. What? That's why my sister tried to get me tickets home for Thanksgiving, and we tried like a month before, and they were like $700. And I was like, see y'all at Christmas. (laughs) Dude, people, it was the weirdest thing. Like they were kind of like, Okay, Halloween, like, we'll have careful parties and we'll be safe. We have to wear, we'll all just wear a mask costume. Thanksgiving, you better believe I'm going to feast. Ain't nothing going to stop me. You know, like, they couldn't take it. Well, America likes to party, I would say, more than any other country. I would say we, it, it's the need to party. I think we have so much, like, we just love hanging out and throwing down. Well, yeah, we celebrate so other countries' holidays and make it a drinking thing. Like Cinco de yeah, Mayo and St. Patrick's Day. Like, those aren't ours. And we're like, dude, time to get drunk. No, that's very true. I've never thought of that. Yeah, we do like to party. Oh. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'll, I said that. My name's Ethan, and I like to party. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What did you guys do for uh, Thanksgiving? Whoo! Oh, God. I mean, nothing. And yet I still managed to embarrass myself from my house. Um, My sister was supposed to come out. Her friend tested positive, who she had had dinner with Tuesday. She canceled her flight. She's like, I can't. I may have it. I don't want to get on a plane and infect people if I do have it. You know. Turns out she tested negative, so... She's safe. I'm sad that I missed her, but that was responsible of her. Um, so we, uh, we had uh, some dim sum. You're a dim sum. Love me some dim sum. Yeah, so good. We had dim sum. Thank you. And then we played some board games. And then I was in charge of Zoom, the Zoom call for my family, and they said, "Let's do it a little later in the evening." which they should know me better than that. And by the time I did the Zoom call, I was very drunk. I don't even really remember what I talked about. And then I slammed the computer shut on them because I got mad. And I was I, uh, painfully sober the whole time. And then you were not sober. And then I texted my dad and I was like, I don't appreciate you asking me if I've been drinking. And then I woke up and he hadn't answered. And then Ethan was like, well, yeah, you slammed the computer on them. And you were yelling over everybody and no one else could get a word in. And then I texted my dad, I'm sorry. And then he said, it's okay, but I never want to talk to you when you've been drinking that much ever again. So real fun. I'm like cringing just thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God. And it sucks because I haven't been drinking. Like I quit for 30 days. And then I went another 14 days and then I, you know, like I'll drink, like you said earlier, purposefully. Yeah. Right. Like, so I drank because it was for Thanksgiving. It was a holiday. Like I don't, I, I don't want to quit. I enjoy beer and I enjoy a good cocktail and I enjoy wine. Like I just want to cut back. So of course, you know, the one time I drink, I'm in charge of a fucking family zoom call and act like an idiot. <laughs> and now I'm not drinking. <laughs> Till what Christmas, I guess, when I see the fam again. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh, that was the problem. I had a friend that used to have that problem, and I used to tell her that all the time. 
And it made me feel kind of bad sometimes because I felt like I was being an enabler and I'm a terrible enabler. But I was like, people think you have a drinking problem because you'll go on these stents of where you don't drink and then you do. And then all hell breaks loose because the levee breaks and you let any drink that comes around the corner go down your gullet because you realize like it's feast or famine. You need to even it out and drink just a little bit. And then, yeah. And honestly, I think that's how you're living every day. Yeah. My family definitely probably thinks I'm like, I'm promise I haven't been drinking. They're like, uh huh. And yet the one time we talk to you, you are wasted. Like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. When I usually go home for Thanksgiving, it's like, there's something about like, I'm, I'm at my mom's house and I can fall asleep in my bed and I have a campfire outside. I'm going to get ex- like as drunk as I will get this year. And my mom's like, oh my God, is that you? And I'm like, not, no. <laughs> it's like, I saw, like, I'll come in at like seven in the morning and, She'll like hear me in the kitchen and she'll be like, you couldn't even talk. (laughs) I think the drunkest my parents have ever seen me. I don't, I'll drink around my parents, but I don't get drunk around them. And, uh, the drunkest they've ever seen me was, I think last year we went to the beach and the condo we were in, there was a bar called the lick L I Q. Um, it was also a liquor store. That was walking distance. So I would walk there and drink. And uh I and I'd made some like vacation friends. So I'd met them down there and drank. And I was pretty trashed. And I walked back and it was like one or two in the morning. And my parents are pretty like they go to bed pretty early generally. And I was like, yeah, I'll walk back. I'm kind of trashed, but it doesn't matter. I'll just go in and go to bed. And even though I'm a grown man. I come home, my dad, I had introduced my dad on that vacation to the John Wick series and the third one had just come out. And so I, I literally stumble in and he's up like trying to finish the John Wick series and I'm trashed and instantly have to like, he knew I'd been drinking, so I didn't have to like bring it down that far, but I definitely needed to bring it down a notch or two. And uh, so just having to like, uh, yes, John Wick, John Wick. (laughs) I wish your podcast had your faces then. That was a good drunk jaw swing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I, well, I, mm, yeah. I talked to a few friends and they had similar Thanksgivings where they were like, I got drunk and like, well, you know, it's been a weird year, not to use that as an excuse, but hopefully no one hates me for like, yeah, I couldn't see any of you on Thanksgiving. I'm probably going to get drunk in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I'll you tell know? you what I missed on Thanksgiving, maybe more than anything. Cause I still got together with my family, but I quarantined like, three to four days ahead of time just so I wouldn't like pick up yeah. something um, or become abundantly aware that I had picked up something. And uh, so pretty much stayed at home for three to four days leading up to it. And then went over there. It was just my brother and my parents 
and me. So like that's within my metric of six. I think we're pretty all right with that. And so I went over there, but yeah. it wasn't like a traditional meal. We just like grilled out and whatnot. But what I miss, oh, what I missed more than anything this year, and it's COVID related why I missed it, was being able to go like out after going and spending time with family. And I'm going to miss it even more come Christmas because that's almost my favorite part of the holiday is like after Thanksgiving, you're done with family and like go down to barley or go to pickle barrel, or you've got friends in town and you all go meet up somewhere. And there's just this like, fuck, we've been dealing with family all day. Let's have some fucking beers. You know, they're sort of just like, you know, and not having that. Like, I really missed that this year. Yeah. You know what we're going to miss the most? Having the Donnies. The Donnies. You guys picked the perfect year to to be like, well, Donnies aren't happening. Right? Because it's like, what new jokes do people even, we're not. What I mean, best host, like there's wasn't even really a host this year because all our shows were canceled. You know what would be fun is to best host would be the first virus because they're the host. What what would be funny is like whenever we're allowed to gather and have live shows and whatnot again, you guys are coming back into town, plan out a time like in the middle of the summer or something too, at a random ass time. Be like, hey, we're gonna time travel. Back to 2020, to the alternate dimension where COVID didn't happen, or maybe, I don't know, whatever. We're going to time travel back to 2020, to the 2020 Donnies that never happened, and basically do a 2020 Donnies and allow people to, like, do some sets and tell, like, old jokes that they would have told during 2020, but they weren't able to. And now the time has passed. Like, I think, it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It may be a terrible idea, but. I think we can do it. Uh, I don't care if the comedy scene is listening to this. I don't think uh, there's not enough writers in the scene capable of it. I don't think they'll write a lot this year. <laughs> he leaned in because he's like, I want them to hear it. I'm roasting all you guys. And your lack of writing this year. I also, yeah, I have this mindset that when you guys aren't on stage, you guys just go away and you're mining and like writing jokes. And that's definitely not the case. Couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, I think I missed that the most though, is like out of this year is just being able to get together and like throw down Thanksgiving night. Cause it's got such an energy about it because everybody's been cooped up with their family for like Wednesday and Thursday and then Thursday night, they've also feasted. So they've laid a good like base layer to absorb booze and they go hard. And Christmas has the same vibe, like Christmas night when everybody's done with their families and everybody's in a good mood. And they're just like, I just want to get out and have a drink. I've been cooped up with my family for three days. I just want to get out and have a drink. I'm in a great mood. I've gotten some cool gifts. I got this dope sweater and uh, I just want to get out and have a drink. It's like, Oh, you too. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a it's good a vibe. Thing, yeah. yeah. And in my early twenties, my early twenties is when it was like you said, Christmas night. 
He's like, okay, well, I just, I'm in college and now I want to go see all my old high school buddies yeah. and anyone I met in college. And they were like, wait, you're going out? Like, yeah, I'm 20. We, I've been with you guys. I'm used to now dorm life. I don't live at home. Yeah. Like, I need a little bit of freedom. And then now, of course, they got used to that. And it was like, now it's like, you know, Christmas night, I'm going to, I'm going to go out. You know, we had all day. Like last year, we all went to the movies. Your brother took us all to the movies. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm glad you brought that up. That is a beautiful, very specific feeling. Yeah. It's just a really good feeling. And I just, that's not something you're going to get this year. I mean, maybe you can sort of replicate it. I've had a like a really good Zoom call situation that arose out of this that I actually very much look forward to. Um, like we do it every two weeks and it was a group of friends. It was a group of dudes that Jared invited me into. Actually, it was a bunch of friends of his from DC, not a bunch. It's just like two or three of them, but, uh, they started doing like a every two week discord call. I'm just like, Hey, what's up? And I've gotten to like really know those dudes where I'm like, I've never met those dudes in real life. Great dudes. And, uh, genuinely look forward to that little chat. It's like, no, let's hang out. So maybe you could do something like that, but it's still, it's not the fucking same. Like, it's just yeah. not. I remember maybe two or three years ago, I was done with Christmas and I can't remember why in particular, but this Christmas in particular, like really just like stressed me out. And I had left my parents' house and I was like, Whew, good God, I need a drink. And I was just looking online. I was like, what? Like, is barley open? JJ's, like, there's pickle barrel. Like, there's got to be somewhere that's open on Christmas night. JJ's was open and throwing some weird, crazy Christmas party. <laughs> they had, like, a guy in a Krampus costume. They had a lady like spinning her tits around with some tassels on it, some crazy DJ. I think uh, the Krampus guy gets. He's at more than one event. Like, he <laughs> yeah. was he was at several Palace Theater events. That Krampus guy works. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bryant had his uh, his wrestler, his wrestler. I can't remember his name. I feel like it's Bobby something. That guy, Bobby. Oh, is it? With the afro and the glasses. Yeah, with the afro and the glasses. And he, and he talks yeah. like this. Can't remember the last I don't name. I know. Oh, he's going to, if he listens, he'll hate us for it. He's famous. <laughs> yeah, famous alter ego like of his. But yeah, he was down there. It was a crazy fucking night. And it was just one of those things where it was like, everybody was in a good mood because it was Chris. It was that magical feeling. And then it was crazy as shit. There was also a dude throwing weed nuggets around. Like, just like it was a parade. <laughs> and a night like that cannot and will not happen for, I don't know, I dare say like two or three years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. I would say I would say it'll be a year, year and a half before it can happen. And it'll be two to three years before people feel comfortable about it. They got the tell did, did you see Fauci speak today? He's like, they've got like a vaccine and they're encouraging like everyone to pretty much try it. That it's as good as any vaccine that we have. 
Okay. That was announced. Are you are you guys going to do the vaccine? Probably not. The vaccine <laughs> freaks me out. I see. I I've got like this weird, like massive ego where I think I can't die, so I just generally don't have a fear of getting sick. I just don't trust a brand new vaccine. It's like you know, it's because you know, as a woman, they come out with a brand new birth control. Ooh, this one's awesome. It's a little thing that goes in your arm, and you know, thousands of women get it, and then oh it just gets lost somewhere and they have to dig it out of some different part of your body. Cause yeah, cause it was brand new. They didn't know what, you know what I mean? God, or like, um, the, the birth control, the thing you put in your vagina, apparently sometimes can be very painful when they put it in the T-shaped one. Yeah. That's pretty regular. I've taken, I took a, a female, like not a, not like a girlfriend or anything, but just like a female friend platonic friend to get hers put in and she was like yeah it doesn't feel good oh i just and it's like you could have maybe fix this to make an i don't know i don't trust something as new as that that's all that's all that's honestly about where i'm at but i do want to step back and address this hypocrisy here of you saying like no we can get the world going before two to three years we got a vaccine coming out, but no, I'm not going to take that vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> well, people aren't built like me, man. Dude, three years is too long. It is too long. I agree. Yeah, I, don't I don't want that. And I'm, I'm about where you guys are at on the vaccine of, I'm not going to be the first in line. I want to let some normal people. I would, I would. I think what would sell me is if I met somebody that was like, yeah, man, I went and got the vaccine last week. And, uh, yeah, I felt a little like peckish for a couple of days, but I'm feeling fine now. And, uh, yeah, here I am. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm good. Blah, blah. That's what it'd take is for me to be able to talk to somebody that's gotten the vaccine and they're all right. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go get this vaccine. Yeah. Cause I do believe in vaccines. I I get vaccinated like I when got a vaccine I had to uh back in August. I contracted tetanus this year and uh had to go get a vaccine for that and it was great. I felt on top of the world for about a week after that. Like it was like a bo- it was a general booster shot. But goddamn, like I don't know if you can OD on that, but I'd go uh, get another one. I think you're going to slip into a the fly situation. <laughs> you feel fantastic and you slowly deteriorate. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I can jump higher, run faster, and think smarter. And then eventually you're vomiting on people's arms. <laughs> yeah, I will get the vaccine, but I wanna I want it to be out and like with actual evidently Food City is gonna give give one away for free if like you can just go to Food City. I don't know if that's just local or what, but you can go to a Food City and get get vaccinated for it. I want to let that run for about a month and see what happens. And uh, then I'll be good to go. Mm. But I'm on board. I'm like, no, let's get vaccinated. That's how they fucking cured polio. And polio has started to fucking come back because of these dumbass anti-vaxxers. Yeah, I'll say I've taken a hard stance on that. Get vaccinated. Polio. Polio. It was eradicated for 40 years or however many years, started to make a comeback because people aren't getting their kids vaccinated. Wow. I got smallpox and measles. 
Those were mine. And now there's a chicken pox one because my little brother and sister, they're not getting chicken pox. None of their friends are getting chicken pox. Like when I was a kid, we all, you had to get it. You, you never get hear about chicken pox anymore. It's not a thing. It's just, it went away. Huh. Like what? Every kid had it once. Yeah. That's, that was my childhood. When I think chicken pox is just a milder form of the measles, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, yeah, and they, like, my parents wanted me to get it young because they were like, it's more painful the older you get. Get it while you're littler because, like, my dad had it as a teenager and said it was just awful, like awful. So. Yeah, I think I got it in first grade. I think I was in first grade. First yeah, and my brother, who's four years younger than me, got it at the same time I did. But I remember my parents distinctly being like, nah, just let him get it and then he'll be immune. Yeah. And it was like highly contagious. I like played with one kid. We didn't even touch. He was like at the same place I was. And then his mom told my mom, like, I found a chicken pock on Austin's head. She's like, I'm sorry that your girls are going to get it. I mean, that's how contagious it was. Like, I didn't even touch him. Mm -hmm. Me and my sister, chicken pox. I mean, it was like, damn. Dude, yeah, it was immensely contagious. And I remember, yeah. I, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I used to get strep throat a shit ton. I don't know why. Ooh. But, I, I mean, it got to the point where I could literally do the strep test with the, where they shove the cotton swab in the back of your throat. I could do that myself. Oh. Yeah, I had a bad thing where I would get strep throat all the fucking time from, like, I don't know, third grade up through high school. And uh, it got to where it wasn't even that bad. Like I would basically get a fever and a sore throat. Later on, I got strep throat a couple years ago and it was strep throat more like one of the first times I had it where I was vomiting, sore throat, all that. And uh, I don't know, it just seemed like when I was a kid, if I got strep throat or chicken pox, it was assumed my brother was going to get it and my parents might get it. Where now, like we were talking about this before the show, uh, Jared had a COVID scare where his fiance, they lived together. I don't think they super quarantined once they found out she was positive. She got a little down in the weather, but like all in all, she was pretty okay. Not really symptomatic from what I understand. And I don't understand how Jared is tested negative the whole time. You weren't here. Some people have better immune systems. I don't know how you feel, but I was always like a dirty kid who like, sorry, yeah. I mean, I do now, but like didn't wash his hands, ate stuff when it fell on the ground, just kind of a nasty kid. And, and my entire life I've been drinking booze and smoking. So my body's just used to something trying to kill it. And I feel like it's built up a certain armor. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, I grew up running around in the woods and like, I'm not a super like, germ freak or anything and i'll wash my hands like going to the bathroom and whatnot and always have but like as far as like oh i've been digging in the dirt and now i'm gonna go make a sandwich not a big deal like right. i've never and really worried about that or it's like if i'm out on a it's hike like and i've been like touching rocks and then i go to eat my lunch i took with me i'm not gonna rinse my hands off or if i do it's in creek water like i've never and even still i'm not a huge germ freak and that's something you mentioned before this, like things that have changed through this is uh, 
like at the start of this, I straight up thought there were going to be bodies in the street and just people dropping dead. And I was sanitizing my hands. Like anytime I would go out, I had hand sanitizer on me and all this. And I'm still washing my hands and whatnot, but pretty much like if I'm out, the only time I will like very consciously, I'll usually grab some hand sanitizer. Like if I see it in a business somewhere randomly, but the only time I consciously do it is after I pump gas or I touch an ATM. Um, yeah. Or like a, uh, a checkout thing. Once I get back, I'll sanitize my hands. Are you confident in your immune system? You think you have a strong immune system? Yeah, I've got a pretty good immune system. I don't get sick a whole lot, knock on wood, but, um, yeah, I've got, got a, I've got a pretty decent re- immune system. And yeah, I started like a couple months ago where I really laxed back on my hygiene protocols because that I went real extreme. And I mean, I remember we hung out and we were like passing shit back and forth, like cards and shit and like sanitizing our hands in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like that was a little right. extreme. Right. Yeah. But I'm doing that for other people's relaxation. Yeah. I'm not doing that because I'm trying to keep myself. I don't oh, think yeah. that's going to be the difference. Yeah. Well, even if you were doing that for me, which I appreciate, but that was a little extreme. Yeah. And so I've laxed up on some of that. Oh. And uh, yeah, overall. Were you going to say something, Natasha? Yeah, I feel chest. like I cut you off. Oh, you didn't. You said when I was a kid. I was just like. Oh, but oh just I have a lot of confidence in my immune system. I got really sick one time when I was in seventh grade and I was in the hospital for a month with pneumonia. And then I really honestly haven't been sick since. Mm. So I've never, I'm just kind of like, got it out of the way. God tried to kill me once. I flipped him in the middle finger and I'm good ever since. Well, your lungs collapsed. My lungs collapsed, but they're you back. Like skirt stronger over the than story. Ever. I feel like this story changes I had every really time. bad pneumonia. And I remember the moment I got it. I actually remember. I got sick, got the regular flu. And then I was coming back from like a JV basketball tournament game. And I was, we were riding the bus home late and I was chewing on a Capri Sun straw and I'm like, my body was healing from the initial flu. And I dropped the straw like down on this bus and like went under like two seats and I like went, picked the straw back up, put it in my mouth. And like three days later, they were like, you're going to (laughs) die. I was like that damn bus. It was a short bus too. So dude, I've always like five second rule, whatever, like, right. It's not bothered me one bit ever. Like I've always like quote unquote live that dirty life, which is actually all this mask wearing, even though I'm very pro mask. I hate that that's such a divisive topic on people's consciousness, but stuff like false narrative. I feel like I haven't met a real anti-masker. I feel like they're just on the internet. Oh dude, I've met some down here. Like, there's been some people come into Riverside that have called them communist Nazis as like a conjunction. You fun fact, you can't actually be a communist Nazi. They're two opposing ideologies. You can't be a hybrid of the two. Like, right. I get the sentiment, but yeah. And, uh, or like a funny vegan. It, I mean, it definitely seems to be mostly people uninformed, uh, right-leaning, politically view-wise sort of people is who it seems to be mostly. But where you guys are at, there's far less of those. 
down here, there's quite a few. And uh, what gets me the most about this whole virus thing is not even those people, but it's like the frat guy sort of dudes. That's who bother me the most. And I see like infracting on it, quote unquote, the most. Yeah, just being anti-masker. Yeah, just like macho Chad bros going in and they'll have their mask with them, but they'll have it under their chin or things like that. They refuse to wear it where it should be properly worn. Yeah. That is one thing up here that I have not missed. It's guys my age who are like khaki short wearing. Like just frat guys don't I haven't seen any up here really. Yeah. It's just a different it's I think that's a southern breed of bro. Like that the, is probably my least favorite. Those about. dudes, and then right now they're transitioning to their winter wear, which is uh, khaki pants with a puffy vest. Fratagonia, oh, no. Fratagonia dude. Yeah. So every time I see a vest, my, my vein pop out of my neck. Fucking vest. I always like that Dimitri Martin joke where he's like, "Vests are meant to protect you from things, bullets, drowning, pretty girls." <laughs> that's funny i I always really like that bit he's got like i mean his style is he's got diagrams and shit so he's got like a whole diagram for it but yeah but dude i like a good classic vest, like an old school vest i'm talking about the the, like the fratagonia puffy bro vest Uh, yeah with the checkered button down shirts under them yeah you know the look yeah with the glasses yeah we all know there's Crokies, is that what it's called? Crokies, yeah. Dude, I'm wanting me like, like you, Natasha, like I like me a good vest and I've been on the lookout for like an adventure vest to go hiking in. Yeah. I don't know why I need it. I think mainly for camping. Like safari vest? Yeah, like safari vest. Yeah, I think I would use it for camping. What was that? Convenient. You better be camping with your kids at least with like a khaki vest. I mean, it's, you got to really be sure of yourself as a man to be rocking that. Dude, I fucking. You have to be like, it goes down, you have to be protected. You have to be the guy from Jurassic Park. (laughs) If you're wearing a vest, you have to be the leader. If shit goes down, I have to fucking believe in you. And I see guys wear it and I'm like, you're the third lead at best. Take that vest off. I know. I will say, not that I've been camping and shit has gone down, but I am very prepared when I'm camping. I've got two guns with me generally. And uh, a couple machetes and knives. You <laughs> what? Are you talking about those guns attached to your shoulders? <laughs> no. Pew pew. Appreciate you laughing. I'm in. I'm in Tennessee, baby. Like I got me some pew pews. And uh, not that I'm not against gun control or anything, but that's a whole different discussion. It was actually when uh, I bought my last firearm. It had been a couple years. It was actually pretty alarming how quick. Does that thing actually fire? It's, not- oh it's, a, it's, a, it's a six shooter and it's a, it's a BB gun, but I keep it on my desk by my bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's for show. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's got big cocks and it looks like a gun, so that's all I need to. I feel like dude, I'll but, shoot a dude before I had a uh I grew up like around like rifles and shotguns and stuff like hunting sort of guns 
And I saw your house. Yeah. Um, before I've got some semi-automatics now. And before I had purchased my first pistol that was semi-automatic, I had a semi-automatic pistol, but it was just like, from my research, it seems to be just a, a shitty pistol to begin with. And then the firing pin messed up. Basically, the firing pin and firing mechanism blew out of it. Um, I shot it when it did that. And uh, the gun almost blew apart. So I put it back together, and it's still like cocks and everything, but I basically had it for show doing the same thing. I was like, well, if anyone gets in here, I'll have this right. gun that looks real, and maybe even, depending on how things go, even allow them to take it from me and they think they've got a drop on me, but little do they know gun doesn't fire, nor is it loaded. And, uh, but I don't know. I just, I had a thought one day of like, nah, I lived in a bad neighborhood for a bit too. And like, I was like, yeah, I should probably get something that can actually protect if need be. Kill a man. Yeah. Not that I would want to kill a man. I'd probably go for the kneecaps. Do you watch uh, that Dave Chappelle? Do you, uh, that won't kill a man. Birdshot and buckshot joke. <laughs> yeah. Bill Burr's got cool. a good Bird one shot? too. Bill Burr's got a great one too, where he's just like, you don't want to be replacing drywall. <laughs> he slips into like a whole country accent, does this whole like replacing drywall bit. See, I cracked into a new beer here, and this is tasty because Southern Grist did me wrong the other week. They put way too much coconut in a beer. And this is uh, double dry hopped noise pollution from Southern Grist. It's a New England style double IPA, double dry hopped with Calypso, Citra, and Victoria's Secret. Pretty tasty. Real cloudy IPA. Uh, it does work. You know, I should probably had a better lunch on a podcast day, but is what it is. Did uh, you see that Riverbend's dead? What's that? You know Riverbend. Well, I don't know. You you know Riverbend? But, I mean, what do you mean it's dead as in it, it will never exist again? Yeah. Uh, so the company that does Riverbend is called Friends of the Festival. And so they came out. And so if you remember... 2019 was the year that they revamped Riverbend. They shortened it to like four days, up the ticket prices, but got bigger acts like Weezer, Macklemore, Keith Urban, got bigger acts. And which I'm down for. I'm totally down for that. Well, 2020 rolls around. They canceled it. Uh, they postponed it. And then about three months later, they canceled it. And then they had been doing these, uh, like small concerts at the lookout stadium and allowing people to socially distance and watch live music mm -hmm. had been doing that recently, but I guess that just wasn't, people weren't coming out for it. And so they put out a statement that like last week, I guess, yeah, Riverbend's done. They're liquidating assets. Uh, Friends of the Festival has enough money in the bank to eventually do another festival. But the way they were talking, it sounds like Riverbend's dead. Like, they'll do another festival. Chattanooga will have another festival, but they're starting from scratch. 
It'll have a new name, all Look that. Festival still alive. It's all that's the real festival in Chattanooga. What is? Lookout Comedy Festival. Donnie's yeah. baby. Is it still alive? Did he try to do something this year? I've not talked to him. No, no, no. He didn't do it. All comedy festivals have been done this year. Yeah. But the most recent, the most recent one Donnie did was. I mean, I, I've been to a lot of Natasha's uh, festivals. I will say because <laughs> she's more successful than me. But it was an incredible success. Every show was packed out. It was amazing. It was a true gem of a comedy festival. Yeah, it sounded great. I just didn't know if he had maybe tried to do something virtual or anything like that. Mm-mm. Have you been to a virtual comedy show? Oh, they're shit. I've not, I've not even been to tell you they're shit. I could have told you before even. Like, if you were to come to me hey, and, and dude, I understand the craft, like, even though I don't do it, I understand it enough. Like, if you were to come to me and say, hey, man. Uh, I'm going to host a virtual comedy thing. You should tune in. I mean, like, no, that's going to be shit. Like, you have to have the crowd to feed off of. And taking that out of it, you're not helping anybody. Like, <laughs> not into it. No, sir. <coughs> not at all. Dude, I have, like, here lately, it's really hit me, I guess, like, as it started to get colder down here. It's got me super missing Thursday nights at Barley with A&A. And like, I know they wouldn't be happening under your tutelage anyway, but just like the fact that it can't happen annoys the living shit out of me. Oh, me too, man. Those are my, I live for Thursdays. Yeah. Those were some good fucking days. And it's just like, it's just amazing to think a year ago we were doing that and it is yeah. wild. Yeah. You wouldn't have thought a year ago. I remember specifically, uh, there was a night, uh, at JJ's comedy where Elijah was pretending to cough on Ben Levine and Rona was just starting to enter the news. Like, Oh, virus has broken out in China. You know, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, that was just in the news. And I remember Elijah trying to cough on Ben Levine and Ben Levine running away from him. And Elijah being like, I'm going to give you Rona. And uh, here we are a year later. And that's like, that was a funny joke then. That's yeah, a uh, assault charge now. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I remember the very last a and was like a haunting we, we did it, but nobody showed up. And it was just like, so it was safe. There was like six of us. We were just like, this is. When, this is when was the last one you did down there? I have to check my phone if you want to like, read a beer or something. Because I felt like I was there pretty much week to week. <coughs> but I do remember as. Like the lockdowns happened and things happened at the end of November and then into March. I remember like the middle week of March, like the week of the 14th of March being the week where everything clicked in. And I was like, nope, got a lockdown. March 15th was the last one. Oh, well, that makes perfect sense then is why like that was the week everything fucking locked down. And in hindsight, dude, I've been really struggling with this. It's like, So everything around here, you were here for this, clearly. 
your comedy show was dead that week. And that was the last one. Everything shut down the week of March the 15th. And I just wonder, I was like, because the, in the whole month of March that week, I think it was the 16th, we had Chattabruga, a beer festival. And then two weeks after that, we had Bruce guys, both of those cancel. And I've just tried to think, I was like, okay, did we overreact in canceling all those things? And like the virus just hadn't hit us because at the end of the day, we're a small Tennessee town. Or did the fact that we did cancel those things prevent the virus from really hitting us until now? What's your theory? What do you think? I don't know, man. I've been going back and forth on that. And uh, I genuinely don't know. I, to some degree on some things, I, I guess I lean a little more towards like, yeah, we probably could have, uh, you know, in hindsight, like Chattabruga may not have been idea and I are a good idea, but like a and a, we could have probably kept doing a and a pretty all right up through like June or July. I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, you. there's a safe way to do shows. I know you may not think so, but you can do shows in a fairly responsible manner. Yeah. But it makes me Just wonder, like I was like, the fact that we weren't having them, is that... Because it seems like the virus is really... It's worse in Tennessee right now than it was in New York at New York's peak. Right. And it makes me wonder, I was like, if this was an inevitability that it was always going to get this bad, then, yeah, I don't really know what I'm getting at, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It seems like, I don't know, maybe we reacted early on, but I don't know. Then again, maybe that's what pushed it coming into town. Maybe that's what pushed it off until now. I feel like you're you're pretty pinned up. How much time do you spend? How much of your day do you spend thinking about the world and the virus? Uh, not a lot. It was only the past like two weeks and I'm not super pinned up. I was worse. I was pinned up worse back in like March and April when we would go down and like shoot the BB gun in the, you what's that? I think everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. Where now yeah, it's it. like, I'll get out and it's like, I went on a walk the other day and you know, I'm getting exercise and like, I'll go out for work stuff. Cause I'm like still having to like, try to recoup something of my career that I had going. So been shooting some real estate right. stuff. So I'll get out and like do that and uh, go get groceries, get but gas I'm, and stuff. But like. What I'm getting at is I think we were talking about this before the podcast, but what's your anxiety level at on a scale of one to 10? Oh yeah. You, you go to a grocery store, are you legitimately on edge and you're scared? No, I'm still not at the peak of where I was at the start of it back in March, where back then I would put on gloves and a mask. I would sanitize the gloves. I would sanitize the cart. I had like a little bag I would take with me with supplies into the grocery store. And then when I got home, I would wipe down my groceries. If I ordered a pizza, I would wipe down the pizza box. Yeah, I was super serious at front. But again, I feel now that that's... 
was an overreaction. I don't feel that me wiping down my pizza boxes and groceries really prevented me from getting the virus. So if you extrapolate that to a larger scale of a town or city, yeah, maybe we exaggerated things a little bit too. But then again, we don't know. Maybe that's what pushed oh. it off. And so, I don't know, anxiety levels, I'm not back to where I was in March and April. I feel more informed. You know, like when you watch a war movie that follows a cadet from like a rookie position of like training into his first battle, and then it shows him two years later after he's been fighting the war, and he's like hardened, and he's like, nah, like don't you don't have to put that on your belt. It's better if you put it up here. That's how I feel is we've been fighting this battle for a minute. I realize I don't have to wipe down my fucking pizza boxes. I realize like where my anxiety yeah. should lie. I'm playing Xbox to soldiers now. It's like, I'm really good at sitting on my couch and getting high. So you're going to want to put that bowl. You're going to want to pack two of them. Okay. Yeah. I'm a veteran soldier. You know, you want to get high at seven o'clock instead of six. <laughs> I used to be a rookie. Okay. And you're going to want to watch movies, video games, then TV shows. Okay. <laughs> well, and also Did like I... just okay. back then I wasn't. Okay. I'm I don't know. Miss Trump. <laughs> if anything, this quarantine's made me realize like, eh, I wasn't really living the healthiest lifestyle back then. Was it putting, are- wasn't putting me at my, uh, mental, my best mental sharpness. And, uh, and I'm at a point now where I've realized like what I need to do to balance that, to feel okay, not getting what I would normally get out of quarantine. So whenever this ends, I feel like there'll be a good equilibrium reached of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been like hanging out at bars quite so much. Spending all that money. Yeah. I'm that That's the main factor. Turn, I'm terrified this is going to turn so many people because I feel like it was already getting to where people were just such homebodies and becoming so boring. Because we have like no, we don't have wars or anything crazy that make people very interesting. And now the only thing interesting about people are going to be the TV shows they watch because that's all they have to talk about. And there's going to be more and more homebodies and the human population has become less and less interesting. Yeah, I've had to sort of learn to be a homebody, man. And uh, I wasn't before and I've sort of had to learn to it. But I don't, I mean, my job, if I'm not behind a camera, I'm behind a screen editing video or whatever. And, uh, so I try not to watch too much TV. And then on top of that, I just genuinely don't like watching too much TV. I'll have like, I'll have something on in the background, like a podcast on YouTube or something, but I've gotten really into plants. I already had some plants over the years, but I've been propagating plants, getting new plants, potting new plants. And like, Slowly turning my apartment into an urban jungle. I mean, there's hey, you remember that, that one behind boring. me. You what's that? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, but what do you do? Like, it's uh, I'm not talking about a TV show. I'm not raving about a TV show. I can tell you about like uh, acidic versus alkaline soil, which yes is boring, <laughs> but uh, I'm growing lettuce in there. Are you really? Yeah, I got some lettuce. I got some herbs. Nice. Some basil and rosemary is what I got going. All indoors? You can grow all that indoors? 
Yeah, the lettuce was a toss-up, and it still kind of is. But it's growing. I've not eaten it. Nice. But I think I need to repot it. I don't know. But, yeah, so I've gotten into plants through this. But, like, I wish I'd thought earlier on. It took some adjustment. Like, I mean, even though I was locking down, and you guys... I feel are in the same boat of like, even though we were locking down, it took some adjustment to that. Like, Oh, we can't just go do things back in March. But now that we've all adjusted, it's like, okay, we can function through this. And I wish we had reached that adjustment a little sooner. But like, yeah. I feel it took several yeah. months to get to the point of like, Oh no, we we can do this. We just got to wear a mask. We got to do this. We got to do that. There's some protocols we got to follow, but not everybody's on board with those protocols. So we're going to have to be forced to shut down again, which sucks. God. That'll be, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I don't think they can afford to business owners are. That's what I'm saying. No it's not going to be a happen. choice. It's going to get to the point where the virus is so bad that it's like, why, like, if I was a store, I imagine it's going to get to a point where it's like, well, there's no point in us opening. Like, everybody's sick. But if it gets to the point where everybody's sick, doesn't then everybody get the antibodies? And then all these people are like, I got it, but now I can go out? Yeah, eventually. But you've got, you I don't know, like, if everybody got sick today, yes, that theory holds true. But you're going to have a fuck ton of people die. And you're going to have about a month, month and a half, two months as that wave sweeps across. And I'm saying if we just decided today to be like, you know what? Fuck lockdowns. Fuck everything. Let's just expose everybody and let it kill who it kills. And uh, we'll pick up after that's done. If we do that, you're going to have about a two month sort of lockdown period of where people are dying left and right. And then on top of that, if you're not dying, you're just held up at home because you feel like shit. And can those businesses survive that two month of like, okay, we're going to hunker down and let everybody get the virus. Could businesses survive a month to two months of that? What are you, are you saying we hunker down for two months and give everybody the virus. I think the this. What are you saying? I'm saying like if everybody's got the virus and is sick, they're at home because they feel like shit, or they're in a hospital and the hospitals are getting overwhelmed. Completely pro business, and you're doing this completely. You're just completely pro business. You just say nothing, and you let people exist, and then you just equip the hospitals. Yes, yeah. but the, what I'm what, what I'm getting you? at is. Walmart potentially getting to a point where they have to like Walmart can't open because they don't have any employees that can test pot or test negative. Ah. That's where you start getting into the problem that I'm talking about is where you start like, Oh, the grocery store can't open because they don't have anybody to work. But that's where we get to where I think we're going to get, which is where Walmart has no employees grab whatever you want. Let's go ahead and instead of waiting three years to be post-apocalyptic, let's just fucking do it. 
and let's get guns and let's rob Walmarts and let's like really start really. So you're just saying buildings. Mad Max it. Let's do a Yes, 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 exactly. Like let's instead of like waiting three years until somebody snaps and we all unravel, let's just go ahead and unravel and really get to where, you know, the world's exciting again. We're like yeah. people our age have to kill people. They used to when they were cool. Tanner, you haven't killed anyone. I haven't killed anyone. I hate that about myself. You know? By the time my grandfather was my age, he had killed so many people. Dude, Ian had such a good quote. Uh I'd mention it off air, but I'm trying to promote it now because I realize there's people actually listening to it. I thought it was just like me speaking to dead air for a minute, but evidently like we've got a number of listeners somehow. Uh, but we're doing a like current events politics news show called in chaos. We trust that's a partnership to this. And uh, he had a really good, Ian did a really good quote on there. And it gets back to, I think something you said earlier, Natasha about world war two or something, but Ian said, see if I can get this right, is that hard times create hard men. Hard men create good or easy times. Easy times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. And just speak, I, I'm sure it's not Ian's original quote. It, you know, Ian's also very much not sexist, so taking men there to be a just gender neutral term, but you get the point is, you know, we're in, a, in that part of the cycle where we've had a bunch of softies in there and this is going to craft some diamonds out of this pressure. Some, some hard people. I hope I sure as hell hope so. Yeah. Cause we've gotten about as bitch as we can get. I'm sorry. I blame the booze. No, speaking as uh, to the politicians, yeah. Yuns are a bunch of bitches. Hey, did you see that Joe's in a boot? Um, I feel like... Did you see that Joe's already in a boot? He already got hurt? Dude, yeah. I, I wanted to... Even though I try not to talk about politics on here, I've not talked to you guys in a bit. But uh, uh, we can talk about this. I was going to ask you guys what you thought of the election because I've not talked to you since it. But yeah, uh, old old Uncle Joe's in a boot. Already. Yeah. I knew he shouldn't have been trotting out on that stage to give that speech on election night. Oh. He's too fragile. Uh, he needs to borrow my. Yeah. I know. I feel like uh, people are going to think we were mansplaining this last half of the podcast, but you walked out for a while. I'm just listening. Now, what do you guys think of the um, election, though? Because that was some crazy shit leading up to the election. Donald Trump was going off the rails, especially basically the whole month of October. And then the election comes in, Joe Biden wins and like, he's going to get put into office January in January. So, you know, Trump's still not conceded. <laughs> all of his lawsuits get shut hasn't down. What do, what do y'all think about all this? He's really stopped tweeting, hasn't he? He seems to have given up. He seems he's being at. quiet at least, which is rare for him. Right. So that's him conceding. He's not going to be like, congratulations. Yeah. I'm going to like, he's not going to, yeah. Anyone who expects him to do that is out of their mind. But like, I feel like he's as gracious as he, I expected him to be for sure. I thought he would drag it out longer, honestly. But and to you, Natasha. West, so. <laughs> oh, I start, I keep starting to say something and then 
I get interrupted. So I'm just quiet now. You fools. I have no, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not big into politics. So I don't have much, I honestly don't have much to say on the um, topic. Though Biden appointed all women to his, um, oh, what was it called? Senior communications team. First time in history. Well, and uh, uh, Ajit Pai is stepping down from the FCC. So this is some really good positive shit going here. Not to mansplain this here, but uh, so Ajit Pai was basically Verizon and Comcast shill that got appointed to the chairman of the FCC, who's basically eliminated net neutrality shortly after getting elected. And uh, so he's stepping down with women stepping up and a more democratic and more liberal sort of communication situation. I'm hoping for some net neutrality laws to get put back into effect. Net neutrality, if you want to follow that tunnel down that, I don't have time to do it right now, but that's basically ipso facto why Bruchat was allowed to get uh, demonetized on YouTube. What do you mean demonetized on YouTube? So we, uh, we, I don't want to like super get into it, but because like we're about drinking and I also don't try to censor people, like if you want to say fuck, say fuck. Like, it's how people talk. Right. It's the human language. And because of that, we're not a family-friendly, quote-unquote, a family-friendly program. And YouTube's algorithms don't deem us as, quote-unquote, sellable for advertisers, for YouTube to be able to put advertising on it. And that's, like, we could still sell our own ads within our stuff. But then once this happened, I kind of stopped focusing on our YouTube platform uh, or YouTube channel. But yeah, it's uh YouTube's algorithm basically runs on like, if you're family friendly, you can sell more content or more commercials. You can put more commercials in an ad that doesn't have swearing and stuff like that because it's more available and you can put more advertising in that. So that advertising time is worth more. And then advertising time of things that are not quote unquote family friendly, like drinking or things with a lot of swearing, their advertising time is not deemed as viable, which is completely incorrect in my opinion. Just advertise different shit. It's why you see Girls Gone Wild back in the day advertised on late night Comedy Central spots and not in the middle of the day while the view is on. Just pick right. different stuff to advertise. And so instead of doing that, they demonetize stuff like us. Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast got demonetized on there. And um, it's just, yeah, once you get that status of demonetization, there's really, like, I could create another YouTube channel, I guess, but I already have, like, the brand and everything on one. It's like, if you want to watch us, watch us, but I'm not going to promote shit through YouTube. And that would not have been allowed to happen had FC the FCC not rolled back some net neutrality laws. Wow. So. Do they call it demonetization because they're letting the demons into YouTube? Could be. Could be. They're also, they're really, it, the it's allowed them to offer censorship stuff, which I'm real weird on. See what y'all think about this is, uh, you know, like Alex Jones getting pulled off YouTube. Like on one hand, 
pretty much everything Alex Jones says is bullshit. But on the other hand, he's like, if y'all don't know who he is, he's, uh, I would say libertarian. Uh, you talking to your listeners? Y'all or the listeners. You don't, you don't have- but he's kind of a libertarian right wing conspiracy nut that had a YouTube show. And they pulled him off YouTube because he was spinning conspiracy theories. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't be spinning misinformation um, and putting misinformation out there. We should be able to get facts. But on the other hand, free speech. But would it, okay, so, but he was posing as like a news channel or he made it look like one. And I understand yeah. that he's being satirical, but at one point are you doing like significant harm to humanity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Is I don't know where that line is. Before I found out who he was, I genuinely, I mean, a lot of people buy his stuff as fact. And so it's like, when when that happens enough, you got to have a meeting like, oh, what do we do about this? (laughs) People actually think the celebrities eat babies to become famous. Or how about now on Twitter? You know how I have to look up what it says exactly, but you know how like Trump's been tweeting all this stuff. So like, they're like, this tweet is not valid or whatever now because of that if you go on instagram and you use a hashtag you know how you used to click it and it would pull up the recent stuff now it says recent posts from all hashtags are temporarily hidden to help prevent the spread of possible false information and harmful content related to the election yeah this is me yeah instagram is uh which sorry to interrupt yeah a sister who's a visual artist is mad because she's like, that's how I find a lot of artists because I'm new to Instagram and that's how they find me. And now the hash, they basically took away why we even have hashtags. They're not helping anybody. Yeah. Well, they're coming of- back. This is something I try to stay on top of as well because I use it a lot for brew chat stuff. Um, they are coming back, but yeah, Instagram temporarily disabled certain hashtags related to like BLM and just politically triggering hashtags all encompassing they basically disabled through the election for whatever reason i don't know but i also i don't entirely agree with that yeah it's like i like what you know i don't fucking like twitter but i like what they're doing by like no leave the information there but just put counter information i'm a big fan of like if you're speaking mistruths here are truths in the, the yeah. golden old, oldie days, I feel like when I was growing up, is uh, if you spoke bullshit and then I offer bull or offer counter to that bullshit that's truth, that would stand. And that's not the world we live in anymore. So I, I but I appreciate Twitter's effort to try to keep to that because that's what it should be. And uh, so I don't know. I'm torn on it. It's like on one hand, I don't want misinformation out there. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't know. It used to be funny when you could go look up a guy and it's like, dude, look at this idiot ranting and raving on the internet about fucking dragons and pirate goblins that are working in Washington. He has no idea what he's talking about. That's hilarious. That used to be funny. And it's like, not anymore. <laughs> Also, don't treat us like children, like, oh, don't worry, this isn't true, and we're going to take it away. Like, you should leave it up to me to decide yeah. this person is rambling lies. 
or it's true. Don't baby me. Like I can figure out for myself what's true and what's not. Well, didn't we show through like Facebook in the 2016 election that we can't handle misinformation and that it has a giant sway on how people think that there's, that you have to put the training wheels on the majority of the population because they, they're not going to obtain facts. They're just going to find out what they read and they're going to get further, further into these internet holes. And then you've got a large population of the country that's, insanely misinformed so you have to do something about that well and like you natasha you independently may be able to go research and figure things out for yourself and be smart enough to do that but not everybody is like and that's something i'm discovering is an alarming amount of the population like a huge majority of the population on both sides just straight up doesn't know how to critically think or how to research a topic properly. Like if you, why are we babysitting? I I agree with you. It's like, it's not my job to educate you, but it is a situation where public education has failed the masses. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's not my job to educate people. It's not your job. But on a certain level, I do have an expectation of like a baseline of education for people. And if that starts to get thrown to the wind, I think we're in trouble. Like, I mean, are we going to get to the point of where we're going to argue like what an inch is? No, this is an inch. No, this isn't <laughs> like, what level are we going to take this to? Yeah. And with this right. coronavirus, um, there was an article I read the other day. There's 5,000 unaccounted for students in Alabama. And it's like, this is a problem happening in every state, but because education has gone to online only. A lot of truancy. Truancy rates have gone way up. Yeah. There's already kids that are disengaged when they're physically in school. You telling them they're supposed to log onto a computer for a certain amount of time a day, like that's not going to help them learn better or more. Like, no. So kids aren't learning. And with kids being out of school, um, apparently child abuse rates have gone way down. That's because the people who report this child is coming with bruises all over mm. their body is normally the teachers at school. That's a very Notice good that. point. See them Monday through Friday. So it's like, what? You think they're going to, if anything, they're going up, but no one's there to witness it. Where did you see that? My dad, who's a reporter, was. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I never even thought of that, but that makes total sense. Positive news story. Yeah. And it's like. like, One positive of this is child abuse is way down. Like, according to who? No one's here to report. No one's checking on these kids in their homes every day. Yeah. So. No. It's a, yeah, it's a fucking weird time. And it's like, I'm basically worried. Like, I didn't even think of that angle of it. But I'm also worried here in like 10 to 15 years when these kids are our age and they're a bunch of fucking dum-dums. Yeah. Like just genuinely like can't help themselves. Nobody taught them. Because we're already kind of in that boat. As millennials or whatever, like we're already in that boat of just kind of being dum-dums because they decided that things like home ec or civics weren't worth the budget in public schools. Yeah. So we don't know how to balance the textbook. 
or not balance a textbook, balance a checkbook. We don't know how to fucking cook for shit. Like I can cook pretty well these days, but coming out of high school, no. Yeah, change your oil in your car. Yeah. You think we're less educated than the generation that came before us? In certain ways, yeah. In certain ways, yes, but in a ton of ways, no, right? Like, can't, like, this is just something, can't, like, isn't learning stuff becoming more independent? Like, if you're alone and you hate school, and I hated most of the subjects that Mm. I got taught, can't you go on the internet, find legitimate websites, and research the topics that you enjoy and kind of do your own schooling yourself? And you become more independent in that way. I feel like that could make you smarter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think the best, uh, when you fully succeed as a teacher is the point when, in my opinion, is you fully succeed as a teacher when you have taught your student enough to be able to teach themselves. And so that point you're talking to is that. And I 100% agree with you is that, yeah, you can go research anything, but there's a bunch of people out there that they don't even know where to start researching something. Like if they're, I mean, look at somebody wanting to do something as simple as learn to play guitar. Like you can fully, like as somebody that plays guitar, I learn a ton of songs online, but that's because I know how to read the format or whatever they've put it online as, or know where to look online, things like that. And at a very basic level, there's a bunch of people that they have to have some sort of guide just to at least show them like, hey, go read this book and then that'll tell you where to go. And so, I don't know. It's just, I think, in my opinion, I think society needs to have a base level of education that is just there. Like, you got to teach people how to do math and how to read, you know, basic things like that. And it would be helpful. That's what public school is. And it just sucks that more and more resources get stripped away from public schooling, especially in inner city neighborhoods. And, uh, yeah, it'd just be nice if that level of education was upped a little bit. Like, did anybody in school teach y'all how to balance a checkbook? No. Yeah. Not that you have to do that a shit ton these days because nobody really writes a shit ton of checks, but just using that as a metaphor for larger issues or how to like make a monthly budget. I had to figure that shit out on my own of like, okay, this is my electricity, my bills, all that, you know? So that, that shit used to be taught. So it's like, you're going to school and the whole idea is to like go to school and it to like prepare you for life. It's kind of failing. Did you like, I hated school. I learned not very much at school, I don't think. I don't think I retained a lot of the information. I say further into my anarchic, an, anar, anar, anarchic, 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 anarchy, anarchaic. Burn the schools down. You take a GED when you're 18. If you don't pass the test, we cut your head off with an axe. And, and then you just learn what you learn. Let's get back to primitive living. We're headed there. Dude, see, I agree with you, is I was not a good student. I was not a good student. I fucking hated school, even into college. And uh, it's because they're not, they don't know how to, public school doesn't have the funds to be able to teach every kid the specific way every kid needs to be taught. And not every kid learns the same way. On the other side of that, though, is I'm with you. Like these kids that are stuck at home right now, I was telling Jared the other day with his kid, I was like, what's he doing? Sitting behind a screen and like, 
he's got some busy work he's got to do and he's got to turn it in by a certain time. He's like, yeah, it sounds like a college online class, which that's basically what it is. You participate in some online discussion. You do some busy work, turn it in on time. You get your fucking grade for basically participating. And then you get your general ed credit and you move on to your major. It sounds about like that. And we're teaching these kids to do it in fourth and fifth grade. And I would much rather, if I was in this situation and I was a dad in this situation, I'd be like, nah, fuck that. We're going to go to the woods. I'm going to teach you how to build a fire today. I'm going to teach you how to chop wood and build a couple different types of fires and why each type of fire is more advantageous as opposed to the others. That's what I would do. Or we're going to learn to build a shelter today. This is why gasoline is hyper flammable. You know, things like that. Hands-on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but then that kid's going to be a conservative. He's going to get eaten alive (laughs) in college. But, man, I mean, I like that stuff. I like shooting guns and stuff, and I'm definitely left-leaning. But it was education and me having to educate myself to get to this point. So, I don't know who's to say. That should be... Are you are you and Ian who's to say now? Is that the is that the are you guys the leaders we need? Maybe I don't know. He's uh, we defer on some opinions as well. It's been fun doing that show with him, actually. Nice. I always like talking to you. Yeah, he's pretty informed, and like we try to we keep a computer in front of us so we can like fact check shit that come up if we're uh, not too sure on it. And like we try to stay like very factual and informed on shit. And it's not like we're going through the news, but we'll kind of, we'll either pick a topic for the week or we will, uh, kind of just basically run through some hot topics for the week and make fun of each one. Cause there's hypocrisy on both sides. That's kind of our whole point is it's like, okay, you guys are being spun by this yarn and like Trump's doing this and Trump's doing that. But it's like the other side's doing just as fucked up shit. Like, the biggest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. And that's the two party system. Oh, there's two parties. The Democrats love you more than the Republicans. The Republicans more love you more than Democrats. No, it's all fucking one side. Divide and conquer. Does uh, Ian ever go on giant libertarian rants? Oh yeah. I wish you just burn it all down. Yeah. That's a good portion of the show. Actually. I'll be like, oh, I'll set him up with this. I'll go piss and uh, come back and we'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah, tell us how, uh, uh, how am I spacing on his name? The libertarian guy that runs every year. Gary Johnson's going to solve everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gary. No, he's big on Yang. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, him and him and uh, yeah, he's pretty Brian big on Rupert. Yang. Yeah, they had a Yang comedy show, I think. Maybe, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And got endorsed by Chappelle, too. Ah, dude, what'd y'all think of uh Chappelle asking Netflix to remove his because I know y'all lo- you love Chappelle specifically, you, Ethan, y'all ran into him at his after party here. And covered that on a past podcast. And what do you think of him wanting to remove his shit off Netflix? Do you hear about that? He or? pulled it because he pulled it, right? He didn't pull it. He asked Netflix, who he works very closely with, to take it down. And they did. 
But, it, but it's, why though? Because he wasn't making money, I thought, from it. Yeah, he was talking. Yes, he wasn't making any money from it. Yeah, so what I just said was exactly what you just said. But HBO Max still has the Chappelle show. But this, the reason he left and a lot of this, like the stuff that he's trying to explain to people about the industry of comedy and just art in general is that they, this contracts you sign, they are built to destroy the artists. Like they, that he doesn't own Chappelle's show. When you sign to like big labels like that, that you lose whatever you create. And he said just Netflix was nice enough to let it down. Yeah. Well, Netflix realizes his specials reign in way more than his show can. But yeah, it's essentially what you're saying. It's like on one one level, it looks kind of petty, like, oh, he's not making money. But on the other side, I do agree with him of like record labels for musicians. Fuck early musicians. So hard. A couple months ago and everybody was calling him crazy. Yeah. Yay. Kanye West is like, he's, he's like, he's three years ahead of everybody, man. No, uh, Dave Chappelle does have some sort of like prophetic ambiance vibe about him that I like where he's very smart in how he goes about shit. Greatest comedian of all time. Yeah. That wheelchair behind you kind of looks like a loom. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I was about to wind the show down. She got up and ran away. I know. <laughs> I, I, we may have said something to make her mad. I never know. Sometimes. Eh, who knows? Can I hit you? Have a time with that. Uh, however, I just realized we had hit our time, so I was going to wind us down. We can keep talking after, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got something I want to run by you. Yeah. Um, it's actually pretty quick. You want to run it by on the yeah. show or after the show? After the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got, I mean, I got nothing to do. I'm down to keep chatting. I was just, we hit our time for the show, but, um, yeah, it's just coronavirus has been weird down here, man. It's just, it's been sad to watch. Cause I feel like everybody marched in such a good direction back in March and April. And then one day it just became a thing where if you were liberal, you wear a mask. And if, if you're not a communist Nazi, you don't wear a mask. And I fucking hate that. Yeah, it's weird how that got politicized. People need something to do. I think there were so many people built up where ripping on Donald Trump or just they were everybody was so politically fueled. Well, now that antagonist is gone and that's so much of their identity. And now they're just attaching it right and left. I feel like a lot of people who spent every single party of their life for the past four years ranting about Donald Trump is now just mm-hmm. being like, I don't understand why there's four people sitting yeah. in a patio by themselves. And it's, so yeah, so it's just a lot of, it is unfortunate. It's a yeah. lot of hate and people don't know where to put it. Well, and extremes on both sides and extremes are not good either way you go. And it's like, I'm in the, I'm in the middle, like you were talking of just like, no, we don't have to shut our fucking lives down. We can go out to eat, but wear a fucking mask when you walk in or when you're walking about and it's like, they're sitting us apart. Yeah. The virus doesn't stop once you're sitting, but that's why they sit us fucking apart. Dumbass. And that's why I'm asking you to wear your mask while walking about said restaurant. If we were all able to do that, this would have been great, but clearly that is too hard for some people and it makes some men feel too weak. Drives me fucking insane. 
Because it's just like, it's not hard. Not drinking. Yeah, I guess. I don't know where Natasha went, but I'm going to shut us down here, but we can keep talking. We just hit our time. But, uh. Yeah. Close it out. I'm going to go get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, so sorry. I got fatigued, so I'm heating up some rice. I think I need to eat. <laughs> uh, I know how that goes. Uh, yeah, I just need to close the show down. We can keep talking, though. But, uh, yeah, I'll do that real yeah, quick. Yeah, but I'm going to come back and talk. Yeah. Uh, but I'll sit yeah, guys, thanks for joining. Uh, this has been fun. Episode 171 of the Brew Chat Podcast. And uh, like I said at the top, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. Merch is on Main. Wear your mask. Shop local. And again, thank you guys for joining. This has been fun. Episode 171 thank you. Thank you. of the Brew Chat Podcast. Yeah. Good day.